0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A.
2: other Miss to, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
3: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Bob Getty, Kelly sander Michael Murgans, Luke Johnson, the whole crew's here today from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us. Tuesday edition of the Eagle Hour, and we're glad you're tuned in. This segment is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of Southern Miss, and of course, the Eagle Hour. You can enjoy their delicious smoked meats, uh, including fall off the bone ribs, great brisket, had that again Sunday. Uh, every day in their restaurants across uh, Hattiesburg and Mississippi, they'll cater any event, large or small. And Kelly, I had the uh, brisket, and then I thought about you on the second ice cream cone before I left that well,
1: well, See, I'm, I do it the other way around. I start with the soft serve ice cream and then they say, oh, are you going to get some? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to get some <laughs> in order to be able to get some It's always good,
3: though, man. Oh, yeah. There ain't no doubt about and that. And
1: a shout-out today, Bob, to to Don and Kim McCluskey from Hattiesburg who religiously listen to this program. They really enjoy it. And um, I know we don't do shout-outs a lot, but I know they're big fans because they have quoted exactly things that we've said on the air. So you know they're listening. Oh, gosh. And, uh, yeah, and, and no threats of lawsuits. Right, and they're still listening.
3: <laughs> they are. It's so, amazing. Don and Kim, glad to have you along. Yeah, glad to, glad to have you tune in every day. Luke, how are you over there in the beautiful city of Laurel? Well, I'm excited that Matt
0: Warner is a millionaire today. I hate to lose yeah. him, but what a big day. There's there's actually a, a video on Twitter uh, from last night. He and a bunch of teammates are over at somebody's house, and it's a live stream of the, uh, of the announcement, and, man, couldn't be prouder. Highest draft pick in Southern Miss history. Joints, uh, I think, four other Golden Eagles being taken in the second round. But, but we're going to miss him, man. But how cool yeah. is that? Uh, he got called that early. And to I'll, the
1: Minnesota Twins of all yeah. of all teams. Oh, Who drafted him out of high school. Right. So You know, he's happy. And, and he was on their radar for a long time. Yeah. You guys probably didn't realize just how close of – how close Matt Walner and I are. No, I guess we're really probably good friends. Really? Yeah. And now today, even closer yeah.
3: friends. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> well, Luke Kelly's talking about putting up the $2 million that Walner will undoubtedly get to keep him here, so he's going to make that decision, what, by the end of the day, maybe? So will you great take a check? of you, Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. Check. Will you take a check? Like the poor guy at the <laughs> Indy 500. Hey, yeah, you take a check, you take a check. Yeah, what What do what the numbers up in the right-hand corner of the check have to do with it,
1: you
3: know? <laughs> All right, we're going to talk more about Matt Walner and uh, our official minor league correspondent, Al Holder, will be joining us a little later in the show to update us on Nick Sandlin and all the Southern Miss kids that are playing professional baseball right now. But right now we're going to turn our attention to football camps. Wes Turner is the director of player personnel for Southern Miss football. We're glad to have him on the Eagle Hour. Welcome aboard, Wes. Hey, how you doing? Well, we're good, man. We appreciate you being here. So, uh... Yesterday, we were talking about a trainer's camp. Uh, Friday, we were talking about basketball camps. It's camp season, I gather, and uh, you've got some news about upcoming football camps.
2: Definitely. We uh, we finished up two camps uh, last week on Wednesday and Thursday. That They were our first high school camps. And uh, we got uh, two more coming up uh, on the 14th and 15th of June and also at the end of July on the 27th. So it's open to... Uh, all-incoming high school uh, players and uh, post-grad.
1: How, how often do you guys find that diamond in the rough, Wes, guys that that you that might not have been on the radar screen up until you've seen him at one of your camps?
2: Shoot, uh, I, I know two years ago uh, we, uh, we saw a, a kid out there that had the uh, athleticism, he had the energy, um, and we brought him in and he was on our scout team. And he uh, moved his way up and, uh, you know, got on to play some special teams. And uh, so there's always that guy that, that, that will notice, we'll notice him through these camps and, uh, and bring him on the team.
1: So you didn't even know about this kid until he came to one of y'all's camps?
2: Correct. No, he was on nobody's radar. Uh, he, was, uh, he was a kid out of, uh, out of Florida. Uh, he had, I guess, been to some junior colleges. But uh, we had no, uh, no clue who he was until he showed up at camp.
1: That's a cool story, you know, because you don't hear about that a lot, but it's good to hear that it does happen.
3: All right. Luke, jump Just in here. here.
1: Wes, I remember when I was uh, in high school up
0: here at West Jones and Laurel, and I can remember uh, I think I was a freshman. I went down to the Southern Miss camp, and, you know, I, I remember meeting Coach Bauer. I remember, uh, you know, just getting to walk around um, in the Rock. Uh, I remember, you know, seeing some coaches, and I'd been a Southern Miss fan, so it was a dream come true. I mean, how important is it for these kids to be on campus and see everything there is to know about Southern Miss football?
2: I think it's it's the most important, especially if you want to come to Southern Miss. I mean, uh, all the guys that we are recruiting, we uh, we try to get them here on campus because we think that once we get them on campus, they'll they'll fall in love with the place, they'll fall in love with the coaches, and they'll want to be a part of uh, uh, the nasty bunch and and what uh, the heritage of, of Southern Miss football.
0: It used to so be, tell us about these elite camps. Uh, what what goes on with them, um, you know, and and uh, what your some of your goals are, you know, to for these kids, and and what what basically happens. A lot of parents listen to our show because it's summer. There'll be some kids out there too. What can they expect when they come to an elite camp?
2: Well, we we can't get everything off of film, and uh, you know, I sit in there with Coach Hobson, and we go through uh, hours and hours of tape. But sometimes the tape doesn't always tell the tale. And so that's why it's important for these guys to come in. They see Coach Hobson. They see the position coaches. They work out. We go through uh, testing drills, whether um, it be 40, the shuttle, the broad jump, the vertical. We do a uh, kind of like a county fair where they're they're put through uh, an intense uh, basically three and a half minute per station uh, doing the W drill, going through bags. So each position coach is able to see that kid as well um after that then we split up into uh position work individual position work and so that 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 kid that um uh, camper gets to work with his with his position kickers punters long snappers linebackers you name it and uh we follow up at the very end with uh with a one-on-one little get, get a little competitive edge right there and uh, you know, DBs will go against receivers and O-line versus D-line. So uh, that's how we finish up the camp.
1: One of the questions I have, Coach, because people ask us all the time, as if we would know, but if you're, if you're a high school football player and you're playing for a 1A school in Mississippi or you're playing for a 6A school, is it reasonable or not reasonable to assume that the 6A guy is going to be better than the 1A guy simply because of the competition they play, the coaching they get, what have you?
2: Not necessarily. You, um, you may think that there are more of those uh, uh, bigger, stronger, faster athletes, but we come across it all the time where there is that one guy that will stand out uh, amongst uh, a 1A squad, and, and it comes to camp, and he runs just as faster or faster, has more athleticism. He, uh, you know, he might not have uh, the, the size or, or the abundance of size that you see in 5A, 6A ball, but he, he, he's a difference maker, and that's what appeals to us.
1: When you're evaluating these guys, does the level of competition that they play, which it is, it is no fault of their own. I mean, I use that, that generic 1A player. He can't help it that he's at a 1A school and he's playing other 1A schools. But a 6A player is playing other 6A schools. Where does that, the level of competition that they've played, where does that fit into the recruiting puzzle?
2: That's where the, the film sometimes, you know, will kind of be deceiving, and that's why we want to get them on campus. Uh, coach Hobson goes around to each position group. He lays eyes on each camper, and we are very thorough in, in making sure that everybody has been evaluated by either the position coach, Coach Hobson, or one of our staff members.
1: When, when guys are, quote-unquote, missed, by other schools or whatever. How does that happen? You would think in this day and age of social media and so on that every kid that has some ability would would go noticed at some level.
2: You're correct. And, I mean, you also see it, too, uh, in NFL draft picks. You know, they're, they're guessing on what, what round the guy's going to go in. Uh, very similar here. I mean, we're, we're trying to put together all the information on the kid – all of his attributes, what he's done as, as a player in high school, and we're trying to make the best educated guess on who we want to bring into our football program. You know, we we, we uh, put character on 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 that emphasis as well. Uh, you know, it's not all about how fast he runs the sport; um, it's not you know all about how strong he is or or where the size is. But is he a Southern Miss guy? Does he does he uh, believe that black and gold? Is he that is he that nasty nasty mentality type of guy?
1: And when when the the different camps, I'm sure they're for different skill levels as well. Are some of the camps that you're offering west kind of scratch the surface camps, and are some of them so intricate and so detailed that the campers will even spend the night and all that sort of thing?
2: Um, they kind of uh, it's kind of gotten away from having overnight camps. Uh, you know, I, I like to say that you know those overnight camps you know, used to be about you know making money, where we're trying to get evaluation. On, on guys and it's so critical and the ncaa has kind of uh, buttoned down on how many camps uh that we can that we can host or go to uh through the summertime and so it's 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 gone down to, to 10 camps total and uh so we try to get the best evaluation and the best use out of those 10 days
3: all right Wes, let our listeners know one more time what they uh, need to do if they want to attend some of the upcoming camps
2: Uh, Go on, and uh, you can pre-register online at southernmissfootballcamps.com. You can click on events. there will be the 14th of June, the 15th of June, and the uh, 27th of July. Uh, We also uh, accept walk-ups on the day of. We'll have uh, registration from 8 till 10, and then we'll kick it off at, at 10 here in the Rock.
3: All right, Wes, thanks for your time, man. Great having you on the show.
2: Thank you for having
3: me. West Turner, everybody, Director of Player Personnel for Southern Miss Football. When we come back, we'll discuss the breaking news about, about Matt Walner, highest-picked Golden Eagle to ever go in the Major League Draft. That's next.
2: Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top.
3: Welcome back to the show, everybody. I want to thank Wes Turner, who is the director of player personnel for Southern Miss football, for joining us on the Eagle Hour. Always welcome, coaches and officials from the football program. If they'd like to come on. Uh, but we do appreciate Wes coming on. Uh, Al Holder's coming up uh, in the next segment. He'll always come on, Kelly. Oh, Al. He's, he's doing the stats as we speak. He, even sure. when he's not invited. Even when come. he's not invited. <laughs> correct. I uh, want to thank uh, Dickey's Barbecue Pit for sponsoring the first segment. This segment is sponsored by Campus bookmart Mart and CampusBookMart.net, located, of course, on Hardy Street with a great selection of Southern Miss uh, apparel. I'm sure any time now they'll start bringing in the new football shirts and uh, all sorts of summer wear, so we encourage you to go down there and pay them a visit. If you're listening in other parts of the state, you can always uh, Get your stuff on the internet at uh, campusbookmart.net. And I
1: wanted to tell you, Bob, I am actually down. Y'all will be proud of me Listen on the show. I am down now to
3: a triple medium. Is that right? Man. Yeah, that's progress. I've, I've lost, some, lost some weight. Omar, so. the tent maker's probably getting a little distressed. He's crying he? now. Yeah, yeah, the business yeah. has yeah. fallen off Do you the know, table. Michael, that we were at uh, Sully's Friday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, I was here he in did, the studio. He didn't eat a bite. He didn't eat a bite. What? Yeah, he did that the first time we went to Sully's. He I'm, didn't eat anything. He said he ate before he showed up. Who does that? Because
0: yeah. he got there at 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh, yeah, they, they figured they'd run it's out like of It's like what food he does dynamic. when we go to Fuzzy's. He eats before right. we show up.
3: Yeah. Well, so, so
1: you let the cat out of the bag, Luke. i have been here four hours. You go now. <laughs> so in
3: honor of Kelly and, and to help him out, I ate the double meat triple cheeseburger. It was very good. You're <laughs> a great Don't American, Bob. It was very, very good. Uh, cardiologists like that, too. Oh, indeed. requires more appointments. Sure. Yeah. By the way, we're back there on the 28th. But yeah. who's counting, right? That's yeah. June twenty. And we're at Ramey's this week, I think. On or, Friday. I, I get a mix-up. Yeah, Ramey Ra- Motors. Ramey, Ramey, mm-hmm. Ramey Motors. Looking forward to that. All right. Southern Miss outfielder Matt Walner becomes the highest Golden Eagle player ever selected in the Major League uh, Players Draft. Drafted last night as the number 39 pick by the Minnesota Vikings. Twins. Yeah, uh, yeah, twenty Minnesota 20. Same difference. Michael's in here and I know that Michael's a big fan of the Vikings and it just always like makes, makes me think of that. <clears throat> so he gets to go back to the major league baseball team in his home state. Kelly, you're a longtime baseball coach. I know you're, you know, you're a follower and supporter of Southern Miss Athletics. Analyze in a nutshell the college career here of Matt Walner. I, I don't think that
1: there's ever been as prolific, you know, a hitter. Dangerous a hitter, if I can use the word dangerous as a hitter as Matt Wallner, a, a player, an impact player who has forced teams to rethink their complete strategy based on one player. Now we've had some great hitters, you know the Maddoxes and some of those guys throughout the years, and and I don't at all want to discredit what they did, but as far as an impact player who the the entire way that you approach beating the Southern Miss team had to revolve around how do you get Matt Wallner out, which made other guys better hitters because they can't unintentionally, intentionally walk everybody, right? So it, it made the whole team better offensively because other batters were getting better pitches to hit because they had to be careful with warner that that would be it in a nutshell
3: you know i remember what he uh, before he ever started playing when he came on campus and we started hearing this hubbub about this kid from minnesota and this big tall kid and how good he was going to be and then he comes out and he's named the national freshman of the year and all america his first year no southern miss player and we've had some great ones you're right about that but no southern miss player has ever Earned and received the accolades that this kid did in three years.
1: I just hope that because of the geographic differences from Minnesota and Mississippi, alphabetically we're close. Yep. But geographically, we're... We share a river. We're a ways apart. Sure. And, and I, hope that, I hope that he will, based on what Southern Miss has meant to him and, and what he has said publicly about Southern Miss, I hope that he will continue to come back, that he will give to the university not only of his time, but of his newfound resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I make no bones about that. You know, I, I, there's there's plenty there. So I'm hoping that he'll, you know, see fit to do what Brian Dozier's done. Whatever. Right. right. You know, but but don't don't just be that asterisk. Don't be the guy in conversation when people say, Whatever happened to Matt Wallner?
3: Where's right. he at now? Right. Luke, your analysis of Matt Walner's career at Southern Miss
0: You look at what he's done and you look at the little time that he's done it. Uh, three years, you know, that's that's the, the least amount you can play and go pro. Guys, he's going to end his career 10th in runs, 6th in RBIs, 5th in slugging percentage, and these are two interesting stats. Obviously, he'll be number one in home runs. He is number one in, in base on balls in just three years. That's pretty astounding when you think about it. What that shows is how people have pitched to him, how people have not wanted to pitch to him. In some ways, uh, you wonder what this year could have been like. Uh, he was going to be our Sunday starter. In some ways, you wonder if it was better that he didn't pitch because he could just focus on hitting. And so would, would something have suffered along the way? It could have been some of that early, uh, you know, it, it took him a little longer to to wake up this year. could have been because he was dealing with the forearm and, and he was dealing, you know, with possibly being a two-way player. Uh, but he was a guy that no matter when he came to the plate, you said something big is just going to happen like you expected it's the same feeling you've got with all the great ones um, over the years uh, when you guys you know i was a, i was a kid but you know when fred Cooley came to the plate uh, you know when when uh, when uh, some of these guys you Clint know that, king that, that, when and i playing those guys Clint yeah. king came to the plate cookie came to the plate some of the guys in the mid 90s i mean when those guys even, even as recently as you know Brayley. When those guys came to the plate, uh, you just knew something big was going to happen. We're sitting there uh, at the Conference USA Tournament. You expect him to hit a home run. Guess what he does? He hits a home run. In the in, uh, Game 1 against Arizona State, he just puts an exclamation point on the game with the probably the longest hit ball in, in Tiger Stadium history. So you felt like every time he came to the plate, uh, something big was going to happen, and more times than not, uh, he did. And he was a kid... Uh, that you you wondered you know what gets him motivated because sometimes they 'd be out there and he would just kind of look you know just halfway in it and and then he would just you know do what he
1: needed to do at the plate and uh, just really really, really thankful that I got to watch him play in some of those categories that Luke just mentioned where Wallner finished fifth or sixth in the twenty years from now, people might look back and say well fifth or sixth that, that's that 's good but you know that 's pretty good, but the fact that he was number one in walks. What that says is imagine had teams pitched to him, right. he wouldn't have been fifth or sixth no, in some of these exactly categories. Right.
3: That's exactly right.
1: He would have been one across the board. You know, so just you, to just to put it in perspective, Brad Wilcutt, who's the all
0: time leader in RBIs, right, and Cutter was an absolutely phenomenal hitter. Cutter batted almost three hundred more times than Walner did. And, and Walner had
3: 46 less RBI. That's pretty good. I, I, there,
0: that's unfathomable. Yeah, that's, that's
3: crazy. Yeah, ask the Rice coach about pitching to Matt Walner.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I bet if he could do that again, you know, the old adage, what were you thinking? You know.
3: Okay, so how does this, does anybody know, how does this, Kelly, translate into being that kind of hitter in professional baseball?
1: Well, that's why they have the minor league systems. You, know, you start out in rookie ball, then high A, and, and so on and so on And look, that's an adjustment. You go from uh, – f- you want to obviously be up at the big club where you're flying and you're getting the first-class treatment. Well, you're riding a cheese wagon in the rookie league for 800 miles with right. no air conditioning on the bus. You get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich right. you know, to eat. Right. Big transition period there. Um, but – they have all the, the diametrics and all this stuff going up. So, they, obviously, the Twins would not – and remember, they drafted him out of high school. Yeah. So, nothing has changed as far as the Twins' belief in Matt Wallner. Right. So, all the things that they look at, he had all those, and they, they, they think if, – if you're going to take a first-round first round pick or a, a high two, you, the guy's got to – he has to be able to perform and perform pretty quickly. Right.
3: And they obviously feel confident that he can. That's about $2 million range signing bonus. Million and a half around one point
1: nine was what that
0: slot is. Yes, yeah, about one point nine, but it could go you know up or down based off. He's only the fifth Golden Eagle to get drafted in in the second in in the second round. Bob, I see him as he's he's it's been said about him. He's got some of the best raw power in the entire class. He's probably going to play right field. Uh, his arm fits that. You know, um, he's never been a running threat, so right field is probably the, the best spot for him. I kind of see him. You know, Kelly, and you can you can uh, critique this a little bit. I see him kind of as a, maybe a two. Two eighty-five, two ninety hitter, definitely double-digit homers. You know, twenty-five to thirty home run guy. with maybe even more than that, uh, could possibly be his ceiling in the major league.
1: And I think one of the things they will probably work with him on is using the entire field as a hitter, not to, because usually when you have a home run hitter, what does he also do a lot of? Strikes out. Of course. That statistically is usually what follows. So I'm sure one of the things they'll work with him, on, and not that he was a bad hitter to begin with by any means. Obviously, you don't take a guy that high. But to to try to perfect his game, if you will, They'll, they'll want to try to get him to use more of the field, take what's pitched. And look, the guys up there now that are pitching baseball, they're pitchers, buddy. They're not throwers.
3: Right. All right. They're right. they're nibblers. He's going to see a different level of pitching. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. All right, guys. Uh, is there anybody else? Coach Barry really didn't uh, care to speak to this yesterday, and I understand why. But anybody else on this roster, you see, that may be lost to the major league draft?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. Walker Powell may, really may be really late. Maybe really late. Maybe J.C. Keys gets a flyer really late. Uh, it's really the only only couple. Somebody may take you know something on horde. I, I I just really don't see maybe one or two more guys. That's it. Right.
1: And there's too much cookie cutter still going on in the major leagues. If like J C Keys a great pitcher, but he's not six right. five and two twenty five. You know which shouldn't matter to me, right. but it does. All right. When we I mean. come
3: back, Al Holder is going to update us on Nick Sandlin and other Golden Eagles who are playing professional baseball. We'll see how those kids are doing when the Eagle Hour continues.
2: Southern Miss to the top. top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
3: Welcome back to the tuesday edition of the Eagle Hour, everybody. We're glad you're with us. We're broadcasting today from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. This segment is sponsored by Fourth Street Bar and Grill, one of our favorite spots. Great plate lunches five days a week. How much is it, Kelly? Eight ninety five. That includes the drink and dessert. Doesn't, that's right. It that's sure right, does. And yeah. dessert. Great sandwiches. Great atmosphere. Pool tables. All sorts of adult beverages in the evening. And the biggest collection of Southern Miss memorabilia anywhere. Right. All. It doesn't matter which side of. I would pay for that NIT poster. But
1: but like I said, it, it used to be a color poster. It's slowly becoming black and white.
3: So, right, there we go. Get there while there's still color left in it. All right, so the news of the day was, of course, Matt Walner signing with the Minnesota Twins. But, you know, there are a lot of other Southern Miss kids that are playing professional baseball right now. And so that means we're going to go to our official Eagle Hour, highly compensated minor league correspondent, Al Holder. Up in the area of the capital city, Alan. How are you today?
4: I'm doing well, and I was sitting there listening to that conversation about lunch. You know, you know, it's a full lunch with tea and dessert it was when I was in school. Sixty eight
3: cents. <laughs> 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 tell you how old I am. Well, there you go, Al. You revealed yourself. All right, so so uh, before we get onto the minor leagues, what did you uh, what did you think about seeing Waller go in the first round?
4: Uh, I Actually, he was uh, probably 10 or 20 spots ahead. I think the Twins just really wanted him. And uh, that's about a $2 million payday, probably. And uh, the, the, the kid, uh, he's, he's, he's got as much pop in a bat. I don't, I don't know about that, that home run he hit uh, the other day. Uh, th- that sounded like no ball I've ever heard before. It just, uh, it was unbelievable. It just, uh, and it you know, if it wasn't for that billboard out there uh, at LSU, that thing would have left uh, the park and still been rolling.
3: You know, one of the home runs he hit, and I think it was the second one, uh, the play-by-play guy, the color guy on the ESPN broadcast, who was a former major leaguer and All-American at LSU, said he had never seen a ball leave a ballpark as quick as that ball left his bat and exited the ballpark. Yeah, that was a line drive, just yeah. right into the seats. Yeah, right. yeah. All right. Well, we wish him be- uh, nothing but the best, of course. But we have some other kids that we're interested in following, and obviously, uh, the first would be, you know, we were really we were treated in the last couple of years. I think it's fair to say we saw the greatest pitcher that ever came through Southern Miss, then the greatest home run hitter. But let's talk about that pitcher. How is uh, how's our man uh, Sandlin doing?
4: Nick, uh, right now, he's, uh, he's still with Akron. He's double-A. And uh, in 2019, this is this year. These stats, by the way, are as of uh, last weekend, uh, Sunday. And uh, he, he's been uh, 15 games, 17.1 innings. He has, uh, he's allowed 13 hits, eight base on balls, uh, two saves, and his, uh, a two oh three batting average against him with an ERA of 1.56. So uh, he is faring very, very well. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm almost positive the one thing that they're working on with him right now is to make sure that he's not telegraphing uh, pitches. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I think if that was one weakness that he had, that he telegraphed his pitches just a little bit, uh, and uh, but he got away with it because of the movement. But up there, those guys will pick up on some of that stuff, and I think that's probably why he's. Uh, Getting ready to bring him up, I think. Al, I would, I'd expect him up uh, maybe in July.
1: Did you did you mention walks and strikeouts? What what are his walks and strikeouts in that? Uh, seven? Uh, is it 13, thirteen innings? You said or fifteen?
4: Eight, eight eight base on balls, thirteen hits. How many? And, st- uh, how, many how many strikeouts? I, I had strikeouts. I thought it was well. The last ten games, I've got uh, eight hits, two saves, thirteen innings, and twenty strikeouts.
3: So twenty strikeouts, it's a eight, walks. eight walks. You, you ideally, eight, eight walks.
1: Ideally, you, ideally, you want that three to one walk right. to strikeout ratio. Yeah. So right. if yeah. he walked
3: eight, ideally, you'd like to have twenty four strikeouts. But that's pretty close, right? Yeah, it's
4: pretty know. close. I yeah. tell you, a kid, right.
3: that I that I often wonder about, and I think was was one of the one of the great college baseball players I ever saw was Dylan Bordeaux. How is he faring yeah. now? Dylan
4: is, as far as I know, is not on a roster.
3: Really? Uh, as a matter,
4: as a matter of fact. Uh, I think uh, somebody said they saw him. Uh, I didn't see him down there, but somebody said they saw him at uh, Baton Rouge. Really, with his with his dad, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So Bordeaux is not playing right now, as, Correct. as we that's, know. That's, yeah.
4: uh, he is not not on our roster. He he was with Lakeland, Detroit, and he doesn't have any stats for nineteen.
1: Right. That's interesting because nobody in Detroit has any stats. Right. <laughs> well, there's a reason for that.
4: <laughs> God, that's a good
3: line there. Well, they're pretty, they're, they're
1: pretty bad. You know, if I were Bordeaux, I think I'd walk off, too, say, look, I'll play for anybody else, but I'm not playing for you guys. You know? All right,
3: now, I'll let you go down the list. You uh, you know who you've been keeping up with. So, could you yeah. just update us on the other Southern Miss kids? Yeah.
4: Uh, I'll start with Dozier. Just to let you know, his, his batting average is up to 223. he He's got 41 hits two base-on-balls and eight home runs. So he's beginning to pick it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cody Carroll does not have any stats for 19. I can't find anything. Caleb hmm. Braley is he's still uh, injured. He's pick- Go ahead.
0: Cody Carroll's yeah, still think, injured. Yeah, that's I think, why Carol, the stats yeah, yeah, I think he's still
4: injured. Uh, Braley, uh, to the, he's with Jupiter, which is A, advanced for Miami. And I really think he that's, that's where he needs to be with Miami because they're looking for players, and it may help him uh, move up. -hmm. But in 2019, he's 51.2 innings, and his ERA is Mm -hmm. 3.31. Kirk McCarty is uh, at Lynchburg. I think he's in rehab still. Uh, The last I saw, he was he was in what they call uh, extended spring training, which means he's rehabbing. Uh, Connor Fisk uh, is he's Buffalo AAA. He's just kind of he's been with six minor league teams since 14, but he's hanging in there. But his ERA is at 5.04, so I'm not sure they're going to bump him up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chunky Robinson uh, is kind of uh, interesting. He's with the Astros. And he's with the Corpus Christi, their double-A team. And uh, his, batting at, his batting average in 41 games this year is 2.03. But he was invited to the Astros spring training as a non-roster invitee, which means they really like him. And uh, so I'm, I know they're working with him. Uh Hayden Roberts is with the Rockies. He's pitched 20 innings, but his ERA is at 4.79, and he's with Boise, which is at uh, A advanced. Uh, uh, he, he doesn't seem to be moving up. Uh, Luke Reynolds, uh, Myrtle Beach, he's with A advanced, and he's played in 39 games, but his batting average is 209 with one home run. So uh, it's like a, a lot of guys seem to be stuck in neutral out there right now, but you, you just never know when – when they're, when they're gonna find uh, like discover the flaw get get rid of the flaw and everything starts picking up and you just mm-hmm. don't
1: know it it's uh, such it is such a tough life to lead too i was i was, oh, I, I was talking with uh with a, a friend of um a kid that played at Oak Grove uh that went to to Ole Miss Scott I'll, I'll come up with his last name in anyway he he made it in in the minor leagues and he was talking about you know driving on that school bus that we talked about for you know eight you know ridiculous from northern California to southern California in a mm-hmm. school bus. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. half the guys on your team don't know English. It's it's just kind of the, the nature of the beast. He got called so he so he was living in an apartment with three other guys. Got called to double A, so he had to break his lease at his apartment complex. Had to buy out his lease, so that cost him a bunch of money. That they're not making a whole lot in the, the, the single A level. Right, goes to the double A team had to sign a new lease for an apartment, which cost him money, only two weeks later to find out he was being sent back down to single A, so had to buy out his double A lease at the apartment, go back to the city that he came from, you know, eating pimento cheese sandwiches. I mean obviously it's it's the dream of every kid to play but it is tough. Month to month lease. Month to month month lease. If you're a
4: pitcher uh, like like Sandlin, we were talking about Sandlin here a minute ago. When they when they put them out there, they, they might tell them, "I want you to throw nothing but sliders for the entire inning," because they they want her, they want her, they're trying to perfect where his arm slot is or whatever. what and they're only looking for one thing. They're not looking for we don't want you to mix it up here. We want you to do this, and that's all we want you to do. So it's 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 all these games are practice is what well, what it amounts mm-hmm. to. And uh, the, it's a, you're right, it is extremely difficult. But it's how these it, – the, anybody with talent, that's how they learn. And once they learn something, it helps them advance up. Because once they move them up, it, 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 I, I still expect Sandlin to be with a big club. I, and I think after maybe the uh, All-Star break, I'm, I'm pretty – I think he might go up. That's kind of what I'm
1: thinking. Actually, Coach Steve Knight, who's who always will come up with a with a fact if you're if you're struggling, he texted me said Scott Weathersby. That's what right. it was Scott Weathersby. And he knows
3: a little bit about baseball himself. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Although Larry Knight would say that he was a better pitcher than Steve Knight. Right. We have just now started a <laughs> Knight family right. fight. I've right? heard him say that. Actually. <laughs> right here, right? I've actually <laughs> yeah. heard him
3: say that. Yeah. You
4: know, odd pitchers, you know, after the, this last weekend, you know what I've finally come up with. The two guys that really surprised me and impressed me down there were Adam Jackson and Josh uh, Lewis. Mm -hmm. Both those guys just stepped up. But we were two pitchers short. The LSU just had... Better arms and they had more it, That's arms the difference in
3: Power Five schools in college yep. baseball and yep. mid majors is pitching yep. depth. I'm convinced yep. that's really the only yep. difference. No question. My yeah. bats
4: were as good as theirs, so, you know, every,
3: right. all the rest of it. All right, Alan. Well, thank you very much, sir. Uh, check's in the mail uh, until we talk again, which will be very soon, I hope. Uh, Bob, thank you very much. Y'all have a great day. All right. I'll Al hold it, everybody. <laughs> i we'll always, be right back.
1: I always say that at 4th Street Bar and Grill. It was two pitchers short. We're two pitchers short. <laughs>
2: Miss to the top.
0: Welcome back on a Tuesday, fourth segment of the Eagle Hour, brought to us every day by Gulfport Home Center, the largest inventory and best prices in South Mississippi on manufactured housing. You can check them out online. You can check them out on Highway 49 in Gulfport. Gulfport Home Center, proud sponsor of the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour. I want to thank West Turner for coming on. Again, those elite camps going on uh, at Southern Miss coming up. You can go to Southern Miss Football dot com and, and find out all the information and just so important that kids get on our campus and uh contribute to the legacy of Southern Miss football. Also want to thank Al Holder for bringing us that minor league update. Uh, NCAA track and field outdoor championships taking place starting tomorrow in Austin, Texas. Four Golden Eagles, McKinley West, Caleb Parker, Eric Richards, and John Warren competing tomorrow at 7.32 p.m. Caleb Parker will be in the uh, 110-meter hurdles semifinal. McKinley West will go at 7.46 tomorrow night and 100 meters still haven't announced the times for high jump and triple jump for eric richards and john warren we'll let you know when we find that out but all of this uh espn2 will be broadcasting some ESPN u, but everything should be on espn3 so let's support our golden eagles bob and uh, kelly i was uh i was looking on here uh on this the article about warner's draft pick he actually is not a second round pick in between each one of these rounds, sometimes they have these, uh, you know, they call them the competitive round balance where a different team will get a different pick. So Warner, not a second round. He's actually 39th overall. So it was a, a couple picks in between the first and second round. Right. So he's even higher than a second round pick. Previous to this. Tommy Davis in 1994 was uh, the highest at number 54, but Warner goes 39th overall in competitive balance round A. So what a job by Matt Warner, uh, highest Southern well, Miss. Well, if someone was about ever. to
3: write me a check for 1.9 million dollars, I wouldn't really give a damn what round you called me, would you, Kelly? Well, the thing is, though, Bob
1: is there, he's not going to get a check for 1.9 million. Oh no, he's going to get for about 50
3: percent of that. <laughs>
1: Uncle Sam will be the first guy there with the Well, handout. congratulations
3: to him. You know, people do everything different walks of life. i got men cutting big, huge pine trees out of my yard today. These men work. And I came out from lunch and uh, was headed back here. And the guy's were real friendly. Asked me what I did for a living.
1: I was kind of embarrassed. And then and then after you told him, I'm he said...
3: i back to talk on a radio show.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then after you told him, he said, no, what do you really do for a living? No, what do, do you work? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But you know, um, what Luke was talking about, that in between first and second rounds, in recent history, we've had some guys who are from the area, not Southern Miss guys, but Donnie Bridges, who prepped at Oak Grove High School. You know, he played at Alabama. Uh, he was taken by the Montreal Expos. Mm-hmm. And Tootie Myers... From pedal who uh, played uh, baseball for Larry. Watkinson. Yeah, Tootie, I think was taken in that in between first and second. What about I think the Alford kid. Also with uh, and Anthony Alford uh, from Peddle, but uh, but I think he went. He Where went, is he playing now? He's uh, he's he's been up and down with the with the Blue Jays. So he's made he's the big a, team. Yeah, he's in minor league. Yeah, I, I know
0: Tootie Myers because he when he decided to end his baseball career and come back and play football. Uh, we had a bad snap in the spring game, Kelly, and uh, I took off and ran, got the first down, got 30 more yards. Tootie Myers took out the punter's knee and tore my
1: MCL in the spring game. So, yes, I know who Tootie Myers You know Tootie Myers a- really well. <laughs> <laughs> all too well. But he was a terrific pound And the Tootie Myers story was so athletic as well, and you hear that all the time. He's not just a baseball player. He's freaky athletic, and that's – more and more baseball guys, when they're, they're gravitating toward those guys that, that could be multi-sport athletes. You know, John Rice Plumley at Oak Grove here, you know, um, a lot of people think he's a better football player than baseball player, but they're actually looking at him in the draft because of the two-sport guy. He's so gifted athletically um, and, you know, could, could do both. You know, that that's athleticism. What, that's what coaches you
3: know. have told us they want more of. They want more kids that play multiple sports.
1: Those coaches will say, "Look, if I have a guy that played football, baseball coaches. If I had a guy that's down in a three-point stance, he's been out there when it's 120. He's been out there when he's you know little not feeling well, but he's busting heads. He's competing right. for positions, which a lot of the travel ball stuff now doesn't teach kids to compete. No, if they don't get to play, they just go to team X,
3: Y, or Z. But you, you know? get walk-up songs starting at age eight." Is that right, Bob? What would your True, walk-up song be? Uh, my walk-up song? Uh, I'd have to give that some thought. Probably be, it'd be a Frank Zappa tune of some sort, just to uh, freak everybody out of the sand. I am the slime from <laughs> yeah. your TV. That could be one. Yeah, Michael. What would yeah. your walk-up song be? I don't know. Dancing Queen. I just... <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: wow, That's screen... throw that in there. I That's... don't know. I... It would have to. It would have to be a uh, the group from Rockford. Oh, um, cheap trick! Now, would not have to be? I would just think because they're from Rockford. What would
3: from? Kelly's be? Oh, this is
1: easy. Uh, what? <laughs> the old Connie Francis song, "Who's Sorry Now?" Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it would be the coach and the rest of the team. I assure right, you. Right. Right. Or Johnny Mathis? Would you? How about a Johnny Mathis tune?
1: Well, Johnny Mathis never had any original tunes. He always oh, sang yeah, everybody right, else's. Right, but, I um, got you. How about you, Luke? Probably thunderstruck. Oh, ACDC, huh? Oh, oh how about That's that?
3: That's a good
0: one. Well, needless or, to or say, or Johnny Horton, the Battle of New Orleans. One of wow. those two. Needless
3: yeah. to say, none of us are going to have walk-up songs nope. because none of us are ever going to see the field. Kelly could be an exception, but uh, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Right. We'll be back tomorrow at one o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss to the to top. top.
0: To the top. Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Seven, seven,
1: into the future.
3: I wanna fly like an eagle to the sea.